This isn't just beer. This is beer longing. Every month we're talking about beer, beer culture, our adventures and discussing the topics that are reverberating around the beer community. This is Belonging. I'm Steve and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Mark and Rob. Welcome gentlemen, how are you both doing this month? I'm doing very well Steve, I am off work for a week so my spirits are extremely high. Good to hear, good to hear. Hopefully and I, I've just been off break. work for a week, so... Oh, you two, you two and your, your holidays. And there's there's me just reveling in bank holiday after bank holiday at the moment, which which is enough for me, enough enough to keep me going for a few more weeks at least. Uh well, let's get straight into the beers then this this month. Uh, as always, uh, this is the part of the show where we've each sent each other a beer to enjoy. So we'll go around the table. Um, Rob, what have you received? Who's it from? I have had a beer from Mark, and I believe he's picked this up on his holiday that he's just mentioned. It is from Whitby Brewery in North Yorkshire. Uh, it's a gothic stout by the name of Black Death, and it is perfectly – it has the ABV 6.66%, which fits very well with the whole gothicness of it. So this is a brewery that I don't believe I've had anything – from them before so do you have anything to add about whitby brewery mark well two things firstly um i was sure as soon as i went on the holiday i was like oh, i'll pick rob a, a beer from whitby brewery to send um and i went to the shop and picked that up and i thought that seems like a good choice didn't buy one for myself so for the first time in this segment <laughs> i have absolutely no idea what that beer tastes like so i'm looking forward to you telling me so i've not sure. picked it based on that uh, it's um, it's very nice actually. It's it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. It's kind of um, there's definitely I'm definitely getting some licorice, so it might not be for everyone, but it is for me as a as a licorice fan. Well, the, the brewery is two things. It's in in terms of location, certainly on a hot summer's day, or at least dry. It's one of the best locations in the country for a brewery, especially to be sat outside of. It's on. Top of the cliff edge, right near Whitby Abbey, just looking out across the sea. Abbey in the background, it's absolutely stunning. It's, it's a weird place to have an industrial estate. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't want to use trad, but it's, the beers have been mostly more trad and just okay in the past. Um, but um, I found on my trip this year there was a couple that I had on cask that were, and they're still of that ilk, you know, maybe a, a bit trad, old school, whatever you want to say. But they they were very very solid. There was no issues with them whatsoever. Good, good, good well made beers, maybe not um, to some of the more modern tastes. And I'm I'm, I'm picturing that a bit like um, Abbeydale's Black Mass, mm-hmm. which is also like six point six percent and a. Just a strong dark beer that's a bit more on the licorice side, like you say. Um, yeah, def- like a lot of beers, six point six 
six percent these days, perhaps you won't really find them that boozy. But I can can taste the alcohol to that. Um, yeah, it, it's weird because they have a, a a cask IPA that's like five point two percent, which it was really really solid on cask, but it tasted like I was having a traditional above five percent strong ale as it would be defined mm. in camera books um as and it was tasty as i say well made but 5.2 i was like oh god that's strong like so it, yeah beer is a bit more traditional let you know the strength but certainly in terms of location one of the most perfect locations for a brewery in the country it just makes me want to see that new Renfield film with Nicolas Cage as uh, as Count Dracula whilst drinking this. Yes, yes I really need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Cage, Count Dracula. Just take my money, please. Yeah, I'll have it all. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mark, I haven't sent you a beer, so that means Steve must have done. What has he sent you? Uh, Steve has sent me a beer from Brewshed in Bury St. Edmunds, and it's a uh, kaiju, and it's a Japanese rice lager at 5.2%, which is made entirely with sriracha ace. Um, <laughs> which I didn't know that at the time. Might what explain I <laughs> why I was sent two cans of the same beer by Steve, because I'm guessing he bought himself <laughs> one, got it home, and was like, absolutely not, and just sent both of them to me. No, no, no. I I tried it on draft when I was in Barry St. Edmunds, and, and I actually didn't realise it had sriracha in it. I, yeah, I you've, think, cha- you've changed, you have, man. You're, uh, you're just all about the sriracha ice and sabro these days. I, I, I only sent you two cans because they were 330 mil, and, and I felt as though I was shortchanging you by only sending one. So, and, oh, no, and I thought that when I only got a free 30 off mark. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, be, be, before I describe the taste, Steve, you say you had this. I've had it, yes. Yeah, now knowing that you're not a fan of Sriracha Ace and people new to Beer Longing who might not know your previous hatred on podcasts, or you're not a fan of Sriracha Ace in any way whatsoever, Steve. So, just let me know your thoughts on this beer before I tell you what I think. Okay, first of all, in, in the modern world where we have things like Sabro, uh, <laughs> Sriracha Ace is tolerable these these days compared to that hop. Um, I wasn't a fan when, when I tried it, I have to admit. Um, but like I say, at the time, I didn't realise it had Sriracha in it, and I, that's obviously what, what I picked up. Um, I, just, I just thought as a style... It was a little bit of a strange style for a small micro brewery in Bury St Edmunds to be producing, um, and I just I just found it all a little bit uh, unbalanced, if I'm going to be honest. But I did, in my defence, I did send you a picture of the yes, takeaway yes. beer board from yep. from the venue that I was in, which was all brewshed beers, and I said to you, choose one, and and this was the one that you chose, which I was I was surprised about because you're not. The biggest fan of lagers, are you? Not a huge fan, but I, I, and I re- reply back and said I don't mind a, you know, something that challenges me. It's five point two Japanese rice lagers. I tend to uh, find a, a bit nicer, and also, you know, just anything with kaiju in it, just big Japanese movie monsters, like just excites me anyway. So I wanted it for that. I obviously didn't know at the time that it was an all sriracha ace 
beer. And I don't mind Sriracha Ace at all. In fact, in certain beers, I absolutely love it. <laughs> this is this is really not nice. It's it's, it's a challenging <laughs> beer, isn't it? It this, really this is. It is. <laughs> um, it's. So weirdly sweet, but not in an off flavor way. This must be the elements of Sirachies that people don't like mixed with the rice element, is because it's it takes it tastes like meadow sweet. If any of the listeners know what that tastes like, which has this strange almondly vanilla type fl flavor going on. Oh, the lager. And Ooh. and and then. In the end, and these all sound like off flavors, but it's not. It's definitely coming from the elements that it's brewed with, um, and makes the whole thing taste like germaline on the end. It's really sweet, then perfumey, then medicinal, and it's um, it, it, it's <laughs> it, it's, it, it's <laughs> not a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe I'll go on you for the second can. Well, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the mums to send me two fucking cans of the <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, uh, it's um, uh, you know what it, it's it's actually a shame because and and I'll I'll talk about it a little bit more uh when we talk about beer adventures but um the brew shed have, have got like a tap room in Barry St Edmunds called the Beer House um and visited there and most of the beers that I had on draft were really really good uh in, including a cracking um baltic porter that, that that they had on and it's second time i've been there both times i've been really impressed and when i saw that they had small pack i was like brilliant because i, I think much like yourself mark when you knew you were going on holiday i i know if i'm going anywhere that might have interest in beer that i'd want to send to one of you chaps for the show i, I tend to pick them up and send them something because it, it kind of ties in quite nicely but yeah, when yeah. I um when I tried a pour of that, <laughs> I was I was like, oh dear, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was um, it's it's good it's good to uh, challenge ourselves. So, it's, isn't it just sometimes? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm I'm pleased to say that the beer that I've got is really <laughs> really tasty. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, Rob <laughs> sent me. Uh, a can of fashion from pressure drop it's a london porter 8.5 percent and it's absolutely stunning it's a uh, dark multi like dark multi chocolate bitter roast coffee uh it's really thick it's really smooth but it's got this bitterness on the finish that's just so tasty it's it's really nice i think you would have really enjoyed this mark i think this one <laughs> would have been right up your street 8.5% London no, Porter. 6.5. 6.8. Sorry. I, say, I don't I remember like mm. drinking drinking a pint of that very easily and <laughs> yeah, I think that's what was shocking me. I was like 8.5 what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, 6 yeah. 6.5. My 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 mistake. Um it's, it's only my first beer tonight as well, so <laughs> that good. <laughs> it doesn't bode well, does it? For, for the rest of, for the rest of the show, but um at least, you'll, at least you'll finish it. <laughs> just, I'm just gutted I don't have a second one <laughs> Didn't Rob not sing it too? No <laughs> Oh I'm so sorry I'm gonna to... uh, I'm just I'm just thinking back to last month Where, where I was banging on again, on again About how Rob always gets the uh, 
old chimneys collapse and how good they are when he gets them. And then I go and send you a absolutely disgraceful rice lager. I'm, I'm sure I sent you a barrel-aged barley wine recently. I'm going I'm to have to atone next time. It's my turn to send one to you, mate. You'll, you'll get something big and tasty. I promise you. Uh, but Rob, you've, yeah. you've tried this as well, haven't you? And Yeah, I, I had it myself and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the star London Porter. It's a, it's a it's a beer that's never going to go out style, so obviously it reminded me of you, Steve. So that, that's what I thought I'd get you one as well. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. And it is it is proper tasty, and yeah, I, not not really too much else to say about it. It's really, it's robust <laughs> and roasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I just really feel for Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're both oh, sitting here drinking our delicious dark beer. I have to say, this is lovely. Yeah, I don't know. I'm already thinking, what can I go and get out of the shed? <laughs> oh dear, what a start! Oh, well, while sure. we're um, <laughs> enjoying, <laughs> yeah, well, while we're enjoying these beers, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what we've been up to in the last month. Mark, let's let's start with you. You mentioned obviously that you've been away, um, and you were talking about the, the the brewery there. And anything else that you want to pick up on that you've either tried or experienced in the last month? Uh, I mean, I think most of it focuses on I went on a a week holiday to on the North Yorkshire Moor slash coast, and it's. A great place for drinking if you like pubs, which I do. Honestly, um, Mark Johnson likes pubs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just so many great country pubs. Some of them, don't, I mean, they're obsessed with painting nice wooded, like wooden beams in old school pubs, grey, aren't they? Yeah. Everywhere. Wherever you go, um, which can be disappointing at times. And we're about seven miles outside of Whitby, but we obviously went into Whitby a couple of times. I went on a a pub crawl that was it was either 10 or 11 pubs in the end that <laughs> we went on we were mostly drinking halves i must say just to try and get through it um and i got a few messages including from uh, well at least one person that listens avidly to the show um who said they'd be in touch for recommendations when they go up and it's a strange place Whitby. it's i mean i'd be surprised if there's many towns in such a short space, have that condensed uh, a number of pubs in such a, sh- a small town. And I was really excited to go in so many of... I just, I've been to Whitby loads of times over the years, but this is the first time I've been in a pub crawl there and was really excited about it. And basically, I just wanted to go in every pub because that's just what I'm like. But I'd really um, narrowed it down to a list of pubs that I'd either come highly recommended or just look great from the outside. Nice frontage, hanging baskets, anything like that. And it, yeah, everything's just sort of okay in Whitby. Just, yeah, just. but there's a, nothing too exciting going on. Um, most of the pubs serve the likes of Copy Dragon, a lot of Timothy Taylor's, so obviously I didn't touch that. Um, you know, even the Whitby Brewery is not prevalent in many pubs and it's the only brewery for absolutely miles around the place. So, but 
what I would say for people that were going into that area, lots of lots and lots of lovely country pubs, really weird opening hours. Um, <laughs> there were a couple that my brother was really excited to take me to that were not open when we got there, whether they just don't open Mondays and Tuesdays. Some of them open at five. Some of them shut at eight in the evening. Just What? It's just... A, shut but, at eight? That's but, weird. Pubs just do strange things there. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, just... I was going to say it's a different world. It's not. It's, it's not that crazy. I, mean, I don't want to. I, I, I love. I love that part of the world. I used to go there a lot, and I love Yorkshire in general. Um, things are done a bit differently there. What I would say, I was. I don't know, I'm just going to bring this into just general chat, and I, I wonder what some of the listeners think. It's something that I've noticed creep into the northwest recently, but I noticed a lot in Whitby. Is neck oil is now everywhere oh yeah. it really is yeah absolutely yeah i mean i imagine you see it more in the south steve but i used to always say about like brewery takeovers did we really ever see more magic rock more fiorpio more oh, brixton no. anywhere no, and, all, no. and i used to say the same thing about beaver town it's like it's never happened and when people used to say if these brewery brands get taken over we'll start seeing decent beer in more locations it's like well it's never happened and now suddenly, and again in little random country pubs, there where you normally would just default to Guinness because there was nothing else. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. if I don't fancy a Guinness, I might fancy a neck oil because that mm-hmm. is. And um, a couple in our party did over the course of the week. Um, it is now like as common as Carlin. <laughs> it feels like it is. In so many pubs, so it, it um, certainly it certainly seems to be prevalent in in a lot of places that I go in now. Um, yeah. Or it's almost as the, the the IPA of choice in 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 a lot of places now. I know it's a session IPA. Let's let's not get into the semantics there, but yeah. it, it it does it does feature on on a lot of bars. And um, when when I come to talk about what I was up to, I, I went on a pub call as well and it did appear in a an alarming number of pubs where what what i went into as 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 well which you, you know it's um they've got the brand out there haven't they uh we could we could spend hours debating whether it's the beer that it once was but it's it is a good alternative to to have if you don't necessarily want to go for a macro lager when when you walk in somewhere I'd say it's, it's the only one from the inverted commas craft beer buyouts. Um, it's the only beer that's actually infiltrated anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, arguably some people would have forecasted that it would be the one that would, but as there's, you know, pubs that don't serve any cask and stuff, but have neck oil on now next to in between the John Smith's and the Carlin, like <laughs> it's really prevalent. Um, and especially when you're in, that part of the country, um, it's really noticeable that there was, yeah, a hell of a, you know, and bar towels and bar runners out of Beaver Town branded, like it is, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. had a huge noticeable increase in the north, certainly. Yeah, I've certainly experienced it as well in the, in the Midlands. Like if I've been to, say, an event space or something, you can pretty much bet that there's going to be neck oil on and as you say there's all the bar runners everywhere that the bar mats are, are all neck oil yeah so so that was me so rob what have you been up to this month 
was, I, I was I was worried this month. I was thinking, oh no, I'm not, not actually doing anything. But luckily, I managed to uh, have a beery adventure today. So um, I, I got a message from Ollie Clark, the uh, the Swift Run coach, who happened to be in my part of the country today, and he asked if I was free for lunch. And me being off work, I was. So we went to um, um, actually a place that I'd not been to before, but I'd heard about from a previous guest on the show, David Jesse Dawson, and we went to the uh, the Red Cow in 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 Svevik and had a a mixed grill and some vegetable biryani and some uh, some culture naan, and it was it's fantastic. The uh, the MMB mild had ran out unfortunately, so it was a couple of points of Guinness today. And oh. yeah, that that was my beery adventure. I'm hoping to have some more this week <laughs> after recording. <laughs> Was the food superb though? How was the oh, mixed yeah. grill? Oh, absolutely brilliant, fantastic! So I feel like I need to do a a Desi pub crawl in, in uh, Smevik and West Brom, the in the Black Country, at some point. Perhaps not not the same amount of food as I had today in each place, but need to uh, go and check out more of these places. And uh, I also need to uh, pre-order David's book as well. Well, I feel like I mean his his star is absolutely shining at the minute, and oh yeah, has risen and risen since. I was about to say when I say since, I don't mean because of, but in that in that time since he appeared on the podcast, is, I mean you're um, not not saying that though. No, I mean it is one hundred percent the reason, but. Um, no, but his like Substack posts about it are absolutely brilliant. Um, and obviously he's, he's in the middle of writing the book and more people. So it felt like we went into that interviews never really having heard the term Desi pubs and stuff or barely having heard it. And now every everybody knows it and is excited to go to these places. And that's... That's great news, and I'm glad that you've been to one because I've still not got a chance. So yeah, I mean we're Brits, aren't we? We love Indian food, so <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's explore the Desi pubs. Let's go and get some good Punjabi food. Absolutely, and have a, a well. I don't know. It's just it's good to go in a place that perhaps a few years ago I wouldn't have gone to because the beer selection isn't especially exciting. But you know what? It's good to do different things and have different experiences. <laughs> and as we said in the last show, Guinness is just a, a reliable old friend. Steve, I've seen you have been out and about a couple of times. Have you been into a Colchester recently? Oh, I've, yeah, I've got quite a lot that I'm going to rattle through here. I'm going to try not to go into too much detail on, on, on any of this, but there's, there's quite a bit that I want to mention actually. So it was <laughs> Easter. Uh, so I did have quite a, a big Easter weekend, which started on Good Friday. Uh, a local brewery to me, Radio City Beer Works, who are based just outside of Chelmsford. Uh, they've got their own bar in Chelmsford now, but they were launching a new beer and they, they chose to launch it at the Vic in, in Colchester. It's a double IPA um, called Reach Inside My Head. Eldorado and Strata hops, eight percent New England style, and I fucking loved it. Um, it and I bet went, you weren't it, expecting to. I I wasn't because again, combination of hops that not ones that I wouldn't necessarily go for. Um, but it was like really well balanced, um, loads of tropical notes. But then it had like a nice subtle bitterness on the end of it. And um, as I say, it was launched at the Vic on Good Friday. 
and then they had the launch of it at their own taproom on 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 the Saturday. And and Mark, you'll be pleased or maybe not to hear that that's the beer you were going to get in in a can, but they had issues with the canning line, so they didn't actually manage to get it canned, and and were only oh. able to put it out in in, in kegs. Um, Thank and, God, otherwise I wouldn't have got this kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thank God. Here's what you here's what you could have The stars aligned there, didn't they? Yeah, uh, but no, really great beer that. Um I think was only it, small was, batch. Was it? Yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 really yeah. I really enjoyed that one too. Uh but then over recent weekend, as as I mentioned earlier, I went to, to Bury St. Edmunds uh for uh the Saturday and we stayed overnight and there's there's a few places in Bury that are worth a visit that aren't related to the, the monster that, that is normally associated with Bury St. Edmunds, which is Green King. Uh, we visited the Nethergate, who are another local brewery on the Essex-Suffolk border. Uh, they've got a taproom in Bury. We visited there, had a rather nice pint in there. It was very much like a micro-pub feel to, to it. We visited a Belgian beer bar called Vespers, uh, something like 16 lines of draft beer, of which... Eight of them are completely dedicated to Belgian beer as as well. So, and and then quite an extensive bottle list. That that was a nice visit. Visited the beer house, which I mentioned earlier, which is where Brewshed basically pushed their one of the venues where Brewshed pushed their their, their, their beers out through. Um, some really delightful beers in there. Nice little feel and vibe to it as well. Just up near Berry Station. And then on the Sunday, uh, on Easter Sunday, we went to Harwich and we went on a on a pub crawl around Harwich. And we did about eight or nine pubs, um, much much like Mark, just doing sort of like half a pint, a pint in each one of them. Although very quickly we ran out of options and found ourselves on gin and espresso martinis and things started going off the, the, the rails <laughs> fairly quickly at, at, at that point. Um, and then I went I went back to Harwich this this past weekend because it was it was M's dad's birthday, so we we had a meal booked for for him and the pub that we were staying in, the Alma in in Harwich, which was a picture I put on Twitter this week and tagged Mark in. It, it's absolutely a Mark Johnson pub. You just walk in, and it's got that feeling. You could almost picture Mark just sat in the corner with with Wilbur, with with just enjoying themselves, you know. And walked in, and they had three cask. Uh, Abbeydale beers on and I was like here we go happy days so I was just uh, really enjoying drinking the the, the Abbeydale beers and, and they were in they were in good condition as well considering they were being served without sparkler uh, which is heresy I know but it was um it was nice to find them in in Harwich of, of all places not not can, somewhere uh, can I just ask where is Harwich I've never heard of it okay so uh it's uh you've Ipswich Okay, it's in Suffolk. Right. Yes, yeah, it, no, it's in it's in Essex. It's so so where the um where the river comes into Ipswich, you've got Felixstowe on one side and you've got Harwich on the other side. And Felixstowe is a container port. Harwich is more of a people port, um, more of like passenger transport ferries, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's just, it's a small fishing village historically, small fishing sort of village. Um, so, so yeah, um, that that so that was my my trips uh, uh, around Essex over Easter. Uh, then just a couple of other things I want to mention. Two brews in Colchester, they had their first birthday party and, and they had a few special beers on in, in there. Now, they're not only a year old, but they're a year old in their new venue. And and one of the beers they had on, um, Rob, we all know how you feel about triple IPAs. 
How do you feel about quadruple IPAs? Well, that's just nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) They had a 14% quadruple IPA on called What in the Hecaton Chairs? Cherries? I don't know. Uh, it's It's a collab between Heist and Tartarus. Um, and it was like drinking uh apricot syrup. It was it was really thick, uh really sweet, had a real burn to it. If you could get past that sounds sounds unpleasant. It was it's nowhere (laughs) near as unpleasant as what Mark's got in his glass right now, but it was it was drinkable at at least. Um so so that was that was an interesting Was it um, needed though? Was it needed really? Could it have been a double? I it probably could have been a double and it probably would have been a lot more drinkable if it was a double. But but yeah, you asked you asked the question of of could it been a could it have been a double, Rob? And as I say, I know how you feel about triple IPAs, but how do you feel about triple West Coast? again could it have just not been a double really i I don't know this this was this was in a bottle and it was only two weeks old oh no (laughs) i just realized what you hinted at and this this, Mm -hmm. that is an exception to the rule okay on draft and it's amazing so uh yeah i got to try um i suppose one of the holy grails of 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 beer which was uh, a bottle of pliny the younger and um, massive thanks to to my ex for for bringing yeah, it back. No, noticed him for, sending for a few me. around. Didn't receive yeah. one, did you, Mark? No, no. Of course, I didn't receive one. I wouldn't yeah. even receive an invitation to Nottingham. So, <laughs> oh, let it go. <laughs> no man, Martin was inviting everyone to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was delicious. It was it was absolutely lovely, and it was everything that you expected it would have been. Um, just crisp, bitter, beautiful, and and like I say, it was only two weeks old as well. So I am really grateful to to martin and michelle for for bringing that back um but yeah it was nice to nice to give it a try and like i say i'm quite grateful for that so yeah fairly busy month for for, for me uh maybe a little bit more moderation next month uh maybe who knows uh, mark <laughs> did, did you have something else that you wanted to to mention i've just remembered uh two things from the mum uh, firstly there is a because i was thinking about you know People being tagged in pubs in on Twitter that they might enjoy, and uh, I obviously came across and Whitby. They fairly recently opened, as it turns out, Beer O'Clock Micro Pub, and uh, th- I, when I tried to find anything out about it, nobody knew. So I think it is relatively new. Um, Tag Steve in it didn't get any kind of response whatsoever. So you know, no banter there whatsoever based on that. Um, Really, really well done up inside. Bit of a nautical theme. Nice booths, nice comfy seats. Um, you know, and the, and the uh, base selection's average, but just don't go there expecting that Steve's going to engage in any kind of fun times with it. Really, you'll be very disappointed there. I, I don't always <laughs> see the tweets. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... And just one last thing, because it has happened on Patreon, but since we actually recorded the last show... Um, but the Oregon Trail trail was before the last show, wasn't it? After the last show, rather. Um, obviously, people on Patreon got to listen to us wax lyrical about the beers, but I've had my second round of them since, and it just needs mentioning. They were all just absolutely super. <laughs> but, Did you uh, also try the Assassin's Trail as, as, yes. as well? Yes. Yeah, I did. That was exceptional as well, I have to say. 
Yeah. I thought it was a perfect coming together of the two beers. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah. and if that if that what Andy revealed as an exclusive to us, which we got as an exclusive for all of about twelve hours, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of 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 elusive going up to Oakham to to brew a Citra Oregon Trail collab. Um, oh, very fun. much looking forward to that. Oh yeah. And and the return leg when Oakham go to 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 elusive as well. Yeah, I hope I'll be able Absolutely. to try both of those. But yeah, well done, Mark, for um plugging the plugging the Patreon there as 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 well. That's um that's still available. That will remain available to supporters. It's only a quid a month. Yeah, it's just a pound yeah. a month. If you, if you can afford that, go on. It's it's worth it for the uh for the extras. To be fair, I would pay one pound ten to listen to Andy Parker talk about beer. So that's how <laughs> yeah. good it was. <laughs> Well, you wait. You wait until we launch our next Patreon tier, the, the Taylor yeah. Swift tier for one pound twenty a month. You'll be able to get access to that content. That's when the subscribers go up. They'll just come flooding in at, at that point, won't they? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've I've finished my uh, first beer, which I really enjoyed, um, and I know looking at Robbie really enjoyed his as well. So I'm guessing Mark must have just. <laughs> Had a lovely time with his 100% Sriracha Japanese rice lager. <laughs> I, I feel as though I'm going to pay for that in the future. I cannot wait to send you the most sour beer. That I can... <laughs> I'm going to look for a smoked sour for the rest of my time. Every time it's my turn to send a beer to you. I think we've all been quite nice to each other so far. There's definitely going to come a point where uh, these beers get a bit more challenging. I think. <laughs> right, in my defence, once again, I'm just going to point this out, that Mark was given a choice as, as, as to what he could have, and he chose that beer for himself. <laughs> so you've only got yourself to blame, Johnson. <laughs> Listen, I'll never take blame for my own mistakes. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to our second beer this yep. evening. Um, Rob, what have you got? I have got a industry standard IPA from Burning Sky, and this is a beer that I've not had before, but it's Burning Sky, really, so I just expect it to be very good. Uh, it's What is it? It's hops with uh, New Zealand hops, so Rewaka and uh, Motueka. So I, I'm just going to dive in. You know what? How interesting and, and how coincidental, because my second beer is also an IPA, Hopped with New Zealand hops. Okay. I'm, I'm getting deja vu to last month here, <laughs> where where we just kept going on about Big Thor. Um, but it's not that beer. I've got um, a collaboration between Track and Burnt Mill. This is uh, Sacred Vision West Coast IPA with Nelson and Rakow hops, mm. and it's mm. um, so it's a hundred percent New Zealand hopped West Coast IPA. And Ooh. it really works. It's it's like you get this really fruity, crisp punch up front, and then it just goes through to a perfectly balanced bit of finish. And and obviously, you, you know, we've waxed lyrical for what seems like quite a few months now about burnt meal. Yeah. Um. Obviously, track were the kind of home collaborator on this, but uh, yeah, this is this is cracking. This is really good. I'm really happy with this. This Six, one's lovely 6. as well. Six point seven percent. Nice little step up from my my London Porter. Yeah, as well. My, mine is six percent, and it's also as well as those New Zealand hops. It's got um, it's also paired with Citra, 
So th- this is more in the in the New England in sto- New England style. It's definitely a lot of like citrus stone fruit sort of uh, flavor going on, but it is extremely drinkable. It's it's not massively soft. It's not it's not a um, it's not a mango pillow as I described one of the the burnt mill beers, but it's it's very pointable. Uh, it's yeah, it's just a go out and buy yourself a burning sky industry standard IPA. Well, so it's an IPA for you and it's an IPA for me. So that can only mean one thing. Welcome everybody to Route Corner with me, Smokey Johnson, where every month we'll be exploring the wonderful world of smoked beers. And this month on Route Corner, we're going to the Netherlands to Kay's Brewery and their Smoked Chili Stout, which is coming in at a very reasonable 12% ABV. <laughs> and continuing theme for this month, <laughs> it's really undrinkable. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, for, oh, I'm really feeling for you already. This is like two for two now. I don't think I can keep the route corner seductive tones up because it's... <laughs> uh, see, I, I I mean, I chill is one of those things. It can work in beers. I find some of the sweeter versions of it. Magic Rock did a really good one. Is it... I mean, it's mole with a, an accent over, is it? P- pronounced like mole, is it? Oh, no, like... What, this is what M-O-L-A... Uh, Ellie, yeah. Um, oh. th- th- there's there's been versions on that kind of thing. Um, I mean, Elusive did the Mexi cake uh, stuff. You know, sweeter versions of chili stouts work, but mostly they don't. And you'll find that chili stouts are always described as being a bit smoky on the flavour, but I just ignore it because I know it's not going to work. But the fact that this is very prominently smoked chili stout with flames all over it, and I thought, you know, I might get some more of that smokiness, and it's just, just a chilly burn. There's no subtleness to it at all. There's no sweet, chewy meatiness. It's, mm. and, and when it's twelve percent, I'm like, I'm not going to struggle through this whatsoever. This has been <laughs> a complete disaster for the second route corner in a month. Imagine me trying to turn people onto smoke beers, and I keep. <laughs> Yeah, swinging and missing all the time, but I'm also not going to lie to people. It's been in the shed for a long time, hasn't it? An absolute disappointment. Do you know what? Not even that long, you know. Um, But yeah, a bit bit of a disappointment. When I when I think I juggled the roster around this evening to fit this beer in, thinking that's a strong beer, but I can get it in if I do things differently. And I'm not going to drink it because it just tastes like fire. So uh, another disappointing, another disappointing month in Route Corner. Don't be put out. Keep trying smoke beers, and we'll see you next month. Just proof that it, there is no smoke without fire. I feel like next month it's going to be me hosting Route Corner. Right, <laughs> yeah. after what I, after what I it can't, you. can't be any worse. <laughs> this month on Route Corner, a West Coast IPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but credit for um, credit pronunciation of the brewery there, Mark, as yeah. as, as well. Uh, a, a lot of people go for it 
phonetically, don't they? As it's <laughs> as as it's written, but well done. You, on you, that. you, you could tell I've not drink drunk the entire can because you know if I had, then maybe. <laughs> But yeah, turns out this is going to be the most sober I've been on any of our podcasts. I'm not <laughs> well, drinking thought, any of the beers. Oh, no. I, I think Rob, <laughs> I, and our legions of listeners are all looking forward to your third beer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a really bad choice. <laughs> oh no. Oh, good. Maybe it'll surprise us all. Stay oh, tuned. Oh, Stay tuned, nice. folks. May the odds be in your favour. <laughs> let, let me just have a sip of this lovely West Coast New Zealand IPA. Oh, p- please describe it in, in more vigour. Mm. Oh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think this you'll you'll find this easily, won't you? A, a, a track beer. I think this one is is one that's right up your alley, Mark. So you should definitely look search this one out. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I should make some better choices, shouldn't I? You, Lager you should. and smoke beer. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to your third beer. But but before we get to that, we've got we've got a few more bits to, to, to get through on, on, on the show. So coming up now is our guest interview uh, this month. And this is obviously where we chat to somebody that's been making their own reverberations in the beer world. This month, we're really pleased to be joined by Greg Bateman. Greg's a former top-level rugby union player who talks candidly about his mental health and how opening up to his friends helped him. Greg also talks about the work he's been doing in beer with People's Captain and how it's raising awareness of mental health. Welcome to the show, Greg. It's great to have you along with us this evening. We're really looking forward to chatting to you. Probably best if we start with one of the obvious questions for our listeners, and that's to get you to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what your background is, that sort of thing. Sure. Thank you very much, and and thank you for having me, guys. Um, Pleasure to be here with you. Um, I am Greg Bateman. I was a rugby player until May last year. While I was a rugby player, I was, I was public about um, my struggles with mental health, I suppose. Um, and I learned to brew as a bit of a hobby uh, while I was playing, which was, which was a cool experience. And, um, and then since then, I've obviously grown the brand off the back of that, which I can tell you more of. Okay, so let's let's go back to the start then. Let's talk about rugby first, because I, I, I know there'll be some listeners, and I know Rob's probably itching to, <laughs> to get into this part of the discussion. Yeah, being... <laughs> full disclosure, I'm a Leicester Tigers fan, season ticket holder. <laughs> this could be difficult. This could be a difficult. <laughs> one. Oh, here we go. Right. Nah, yeah. We all love it, man. <laughs> no, that's fine. Here so, we go. Yeah, to, to just tell us a little bit about your your playing career. Was was rugby always the, the sport of choice? Um, did you find your way into that? How long were you playing? And, and how, how quickly did you realise that you were actually quite good at it? I turned to rugby because my dad said I had two left feet and couldn't play football. Um, and I was like a bigger kid anyway, so it sort of suited me. Um, I mean, you, you kind of if you're any good you get the the county stuff and then the you know you end up in the pathways and whatever um and i i really enjoyed it i think when i look back at my career and the clubs that have interest if you're interested is london welsh when they got promoted the first time and stayed up and we were actually quite good um exeter chiefs lesser tigers and then um, finished at the dragons and I look back very fondly on my career in the sense that I've made some amazing friends, 
had some fantastic experiences and um you know very feel very fortunate to have to have done that for a job um as a as a profession and as a, a line of work it's hard um there, there's easier ways to earn a, earn a living um but i don't just mean from a physical point of view you know the mental toll can be quite a lot and um you know obviously things didn't quite end how i would have liked them to at leicester so that that took a fair amount out of me emotionally as well so um i was pleased however to finish my career on my terms and i was pleased to because um, i worked quite hard at that to to be able to walk away when i felt the time was right rather than most of my mates and friends either their bodies falling apart or um or just can't pick up a deal and i never really wanted to be scratching around looking for something and i I'm, I'm pl- that's one of the things I'm probably most proud of, I suppose. During your time, were you um, fully professional or, or, or semi-professional? So was, was was your entire life around training, competing, recovery, or, or were you also balancing a, a day job with that as well? Um, no, so I was fully professional in the sense that um, that paid my mortgage, Um but I think you raise a really important um, point, Steve, that it's not, it's really important when you think about that as a job. If your whole identity gets wrapped up in being a rugby player, a sports person, a this or that, when it all goes away or when it's tough, and we had some tough seasons at Tigers as well, yep. that your whole identity gets wrapped up in that. I've always had things outside of, the game since when I was at Exeter actually I started putting my network together and just going and experiencing other things because I, I knew that the game only lasted for so long so I used my time there to make connections and and learn what I really wanted to do um, but I think I know it's not a direct answer to your question but I do think it's an important thing to mention that one of the reasons that athletes experience such trauma during the transition out of games is to do with their identity and how much of it is wrapped up in what they do is who they are um and i would like to think that probably most of my contact book know me as greg not the rugby player do you know what i mean um now that might have helped me open a door here and there but it's um important Greg, can you tell us some more about uh, the people's captain, how it came to be, where the name comes from, um, when you first started to realise that that might be a, a path after your rugby career ended? When when I was um, going through my struggles with um, with mental health, I didn't know what I was experiencing because I don't know about you guys, but at school nobody sat me down and sort of talked about emotions or how like this feeling is this or if you're experiencing this then maybe it's time to go and talk to someone so I had no idea what was going on and uh, I went for a pint with my best mate and he'd been trying to get me out for ages and was like what you know something's up with you come on let's go and have a beer and it was just in that really natural social moment that I was finally honest not just with somebody else but also myself really about how I felt um and then it wasn't really his job to fix anything or to it was just somebody to 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 listen to me I suppose 
So and then if you take that and then learning how to brew, I was like, well, these social moments happen all the time in pubs all around the country. Well, the, the world, but you know, one thing mm -hmm. at a time. Um, these social moments are going on all the time. What if a beer company stood for that social moment and just encouraged you to make it count and just say, Steve, how are you really feeling today? What's going on? I know you've had a stressful week at work. Just very top of the top of the social funnel questions just to give you an opportunity to talk. So we we try, uh, we exist to make those social moments count. That's what we do. Um, putting the beer on, we donate to mental health initiatives through the sales of the beers anyway. People can fundraise for us. Um, and they, you know, for some of our bigger customers, we go and actually help them with the mental health and fitness of their, uh, of their businesses. And the name was a Nick was one of my nicknames. Yeah, so um, I, I seem to remember the 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 brand people's captain for it came about certainly while you were still at Tigers. You talk about um how the opportunity first um came about to brew a beer commercially. Yeah, um, so I got sponsored by a pub group in Leicestershire. Um, I only won't name them to um save any embarrassment or if I'm not supposed to. And uh, we wanted to do a beer to celebrate that I was their sponsored player. Um, so sent me across to Andrew and Andrea Reed, uh, who were at Charnwood Brewery at the time. So anybody listening in that part of the world, their beer is absolutely fantastic. And learn how to brew with, um, with Andrea. We pulled together a, um, a cask beer, which actually is the base of most of the recipe for our legend now. And um, sold that around the uh, estate, the pub estate of, of that chap that sponsored me. And then I was like, well, it'd be cool if we sold this at Welford Road. But obviously Everard's had the jurisdiction over Welford Road. So did a few sort of collaboration-y kind of brews with them and was, was just learning um, more, tried a milk stout, um, which, which was cracking actually, um, even though I'd, didn't like stout at the time. So um, I think there's not really like a, oh, I had this one opportunity and then walked through a door. It was, I was really enjoying learning and having fun and just wasn't making any money doing it. It was just sort of learning how it worked. How does the system work? How do you brew a beer? How do you package a beer? How do you get it out? What's the route to market? What's you know how what's the shelf life on on a cask all of that stuff really basic but just really helpful things to know when you're then thinking about doing it on a bigger scale yeah you, you talked a bit earlier about how you um, learned to brew yourself so how, how involved um were you initially in the brewing process and even like the recipe development and how much of that is still in your um day-to-day -day, uh, as people's captain in the very early days i was very involved. I have the pictures with the apron and the wellies to prove it. The rest of the range developed together with our, our brewing team that, again, much more experienced than me, no more. But in terms of what we make, it's all within our, our complete control. So our new recipes that are going to be coming out in a few weeks and over the rest of the year, it's what we want to make. It's absolutely within what we want to do. 
back to rugby a bit, really. It's like rugby is a sport that it does pride itself on inclusivity and a supportive nature. But this, in some ways, certainly in my experience as well, growing up and playing rugby, there's still a bit of a an old school uh, masculinity thing that goes on. Well, though, even you are with a group of really supportive mates, there is sometimes, I don't know, an old-fashioned view of what it means to be a man or what you what you should do, what what is being strong and that sort of thing. What sort of um, feedback have you had really from rugby, really, in terms of the the message that you're putting out there with the people's captain? Um, overwhelmingly positive, to be honest. And everything you said was everything I thought it was until I did an article with David Walsh in the Times. And then I didn't realise quite how wrong I was about what an amazing community of people the rugby community is. Um, I was nervous about putting myself out there, but my whole objective was if somebody sees this and then doesn't feel like they're not the only one in the world that feels how they did, which is how I felt, then if I feel like a bit of a dick for a couple of weeks, then so be it. Um, and I I totally hear what you say, but really what you're talking about there is stigma. And yeah. it's, it's not just in rugby environments or macho environments in the corporate workplace it's around like it's bad um because people don't want to speak up because they're f- worried about what their managers will think of them and all the rest of it um it's they're, they're all just different interpretations and what uh ways of articulating effectively what stigma is um and there's guys like lucerto who we're partnered with to that do a fantastic job of pushing the bar to to raise awareness to to tackle the stigma but I think that I would just encourage people to worry about what they think about it, not what other people think about it, because you can spend your time worried about what other people think. But half of my therapy and half of my time of trying to work out who I was again was really learning what I thought and what I felt about things, because otherwise you're just spending your time worried about what do you think about my journey? It doesn't actually it doesn't actually matter, does it? What you think of my journey is I'm I'm being public about what I've been through in the hope that it might help somebody else. Well, if we could go back to the beginning of that journey, because as somebody who went through it and wasn't diagnosed for years myself, um, if you you know if you don't mind, what what were the first signs for you, and when you knew there was something wrong, and you know, what were the initial stages of being diagnosed and getting help? If you could talk about that. I think it was the, it was the little things at first that were like sleep, appetite, didn't find things funny that I would normally find funny. And I, I was like the guy in the changing room normally trying to like get the laughs going or having a bit of a crack. And I just didn't want a bar of it. So I was withdrawing myself from the group. And I think it was when my mates probably said, oh, what's up with you? Like, you've been off or whatever, that you probably like made me realise more because, you know, after a couple of days of not sleeping or after a couple of 
couple of weeks of eating less or whatever, then you start noticing. But it's when someone's been like, mate, you've totally not been yourself for like a week. What's going on? Yesterday something was up. So I do think it was more about what people were reflecting back on me about how I was behaving um, more than it was noticing the activities. I also think that it's really difficult to look back on it and articulate to you feelings because I have a very vivid memory of not knowing how I felt. Absolutely. I, I was really angry for ages, but I wasn't. I was really, really sad. And I didn't yeah. know what the feeling was or how to deal with it. So I had no sort of barometer about what it was. And it was only then when I went to go and like get professional help. And I was really lucky that I was at a professional rugby club that have a doctor that can send you wherever you need to go which is great. Um, and just the, the therapy was, the talking therapy was helpful, but really hard work to start with because for the first time in 30 years, somebody's asking you, what do you think about that? You know, I haven't been asked to be told what I think about something, but I've been a rugby player for ages. That's, you do that or you're dropped. There's no, what do you think about this idea? It's that's your role. You get it done. And I think to go through the practice of how I feel and how I think was a really new experience for me. And you, you, you're speaking to a group that, um, to bring it back to the, the beer side of things, that like the pub, like a pint, like the friends. Um, so that moment where, you know, you had this moment over a pint with your friend, can you describe that in a... A little bit more detail on what that moment was like you know is it just a normal night in the pub or you know were you brought there for this conversation do you think or is it just something that naturally occurs over over a pint um i don't know about everybody else's experiences but i know how i felt during mine i knew that i felt safe and i knew that i felt heard and i also felt comfortable enough because this is somebody I've known since I was 12 to, uh, to, to open up about how I felt, but it was effectively really quick of mate, we're having a pint because you keep ditching my calls, not catching up. Tell me what's going on. Really like broad. Tell me what's going on. And I was just said, I'm not sure I want to be here anymore. And it was just like totally caught them by surprise. But the shock of the moment was like probably quite good because, you know, this is a guy who works in finance. He's not trained at, you know, how to sort of talk somebody in one of these experiences. Um, so just listened and just asked me more questions. Like, oh, well, what's going on then? Oh, well, this is happening. Let's have a feel like this and whatever. And, Nothing got solved in that conversation. No, like, help or whatever was, was offered. It was just a mate listening to a mate. And yeah. we had a couple of jars and then woke up the next day and was like, I think I need to get some help, mate. Thanks very much for that conversation yesterday. 
Yeah, it's yeah. just it's so important to sometimes to just feel listened to. You don't need someone to try and solve everything for you, but you just need someone to listen so you can get to the point of that but, moment of realization for yourself to figure out how you can move forward. Well, that's one of the biggest reasons that people don't talk is because they don't want people to tell them how to feel or what they should think or you know and often when i say that people think oh you mean the i'll toughen up you'll be all right you do this actually it's not generally people are really well meaning mm-hmm. um and often it comes with advice it's oh i felt like that once when xyz happened which is almost yep. the worst thing <laughs> yeah you all have your different experiences I definitely think that the point that you made about not trying to offer help is really important. If you, anybody who is listening to this that thinks, oh yeah, someone's been up with Jeff for a while and I really want to reach out, reach out and then it's up to them to to talk. Your job is to to listen and ask questions. And obviously, undoubtedly, you value the pub a lot because, and I find it myself that, in an increasing world of online conversations and things like that, the chance for actual physical contact where you can have these conversations in a in a safe place is increasingly low. And that is the magic of the pub in some ways. And some of the most important conversations I've had in my life have happened over a pint. And I suppose that's was obviously so important to you. And that's where the company came from afterwards as well. Yeah, I think what what a pub embodies is so much more than the place that people buy booze from. It's you think about the the local landlord is the the local councillor, the local financial advisor, the local recruitment consultant, the local <laughs> mechanic. There's so yeah. much more, aren't they? And you know. Um, the pub is just so much more than where you get a pint. It can be a, a really special place. I, I can imagine pretty much every single one of our listeners nodding along in, in agreement right now, Greg, Greg, in terms of that statement about the pub. But if you're, if you're passionate about um, your pub, in, in the context of what we were just talking about, if you know what I mean, you know, there are people that are going to the pub because they're like getting a, at Carlsberg for £2.30. Great. Um, mm. But there's also those people that feel really passionate about a place to connect with people, a place to find a sense of belonging, then that is something really special because, unfortunately, some pubs are really struggling and the more you can support them, the better. Uh, uh, Greg, just to go back to... Um your own journey in, in getting help. Obviously, as a professional sportsman, you were lucky that you did have access to some, some professional help. But re- it's 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 difficult for everyone, isn't it? Really, mental health, like, there's a lot of talk about it, but there aren't quite the, the facilities, the resources in, in, in place for everyone. So that kind of leads me to just ask you a bit more about the, um, the people's captain foundation and how that's working to to support charities mental health charities people's captain foundation is set up so that we donate from the sales of our beers to the people's captain foundation that we currently have 
two nominated charities, which is Samaritans and Young Minds. Samaritans is important because it's that step between, it's that first step that people need some help. And it's, I don't know what to do. I need to make a phone call. Um, and they have been, you know, at the forefront of people's support for years. Young Minds was important because they, young people have been really disproportionately affected by the pandemic. And actually young people are our future. And we have a real sense that we, we do want to support them. So there are nominated charities through the foundation. Looseheads, however, is a rugby, rugby mental health charity um, who I'm very passionately supporting this year. And we're actually releasing a collaboration beer with them this year that launches alongside the World Cup, etc. Um, but their mission is to put a mental health lead in every rugby club in the world. Um, so we're going to help them do that. But uh, the question you were asking was how it, how it kind of works. It's through the sales of our beers, but then people can do fundraising events for us. So me and some former teammates are climbing Mont Blanc in September, and that's as a solo kind of fundraising activity because, you know, we would have to be very big to sell enough beer to um, to make even the tiniest of dents in that in that requirement that's needed for the for the nation i, I was going to ask and it's not um you know I, I'm, I'm not trying to cause a riff or something i'm just intrigued because obviously we speak to and, and know a lot of people in the beer community breweries and stuff like that that and i, and I imagine there might be some listeners that in, in as, as much as the, the cause is obviously brilliant um would be Maybe skeptical over what they would view as, you know, a, a brand with, um, in their space, as it were. And as sad as that sounds, when we're talking about the, you know, reasons behind the brewery, have you come up against any snobbishness, as it were, about uh, the people's captain being in places where people think only specific kinds of breweries are welcome? I don't think so. I think that, you know. We, because we we're not our own brewery, and we're not a you know here in Monmouth from Monmouth for Monmouth, and you know that loyalty that way, which is almost you know an easier way to do it. But uh, I mean, if any of you got a spare couple of million quid, please do. <laughs> um, but I think that what we're trying to do feels more important than our provenance of where we're from, who's what, how, you know, where are the cans from and, and all the rest of it. If you remember back to what our mission is, is to encourage people to make their social moments count. Yeah. I don't, that doesn't really come into it because we're just trying to make people make their social moments count. I'm going to just ask, uh, going back to one of the more serious topics is that I've found the difference between in the last 15 years between, you know, my GP thinking that I had a heart condition rather than depression and where we are now, um, things have improved massively. Um, and have, have, you, have you seen that yourself over the years that things are improving just to, 
you know, hopefully put a positive spin on things. Obviously, initiatives like yourselves are helping, but things things are improving, aren't they? Not to ask a loaded question. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just the journalist in you. Um, yeah. I, I think so. I think what, what's really difficult is that we we need to separate or or not separate, but we do need to take into account there are event-caused triggers that will affect our lives every day. Um, And if you think about what we've been through since 2020, COVID, um, recession, working from home, the bounce back, Brexit, the economy's collapsed, new government, Queen's died. You know, lots of things happen all the time. I am trying to give you an answer to your question, so bear with me. (laughs) Things will happen that we will not feel 100% all of the time. And that bit is okay because that's life. And it's important for us to learn to deal with things that happen to us all the time. What we need to be careful of is... Any time that we feel discomfort and feel um, not 10 out of 10, is that a longer-term problem? And this is my concern with raising awareness without providing the action sets behind it. Because 10, 15 years ago, people didn't know about these things, so actually ignorance might have been bliss because they're not then suddenly thinking, maybe I'm depressed. You just lost your job. Like, that's you're going to be sad about that. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be anxious. That's a completely normal response to it. And I think that what I'm seeing and what I'd like to see more of is, okay, you know you've got a problem. Here's some really tangible things to do to find help, to find ways of dealing with this problem as well. I think that so much work has been done on raising awareness, on tackling stigma, and of course there's loads to go on that as well. But I think that we need to very quickly put that together with actionable skills and tools that people can deal with the general shit that life throws at us that happens all the time anyway, because that we like that happens anyway to everybody, and that's all right. But we need to f- figure out quickly how we're going to make that easier for people, so that it's not just my boss is a dick, the government haven't got it sorted. Do you know what I mean? There's things yeah, that we can yeah, do yeah. individually. Excellent. And just want to uh, take this opportunity, Greg, just to give give a give a shout out. I suppose give a plug to where people can get your beer online, where they can find it in the in in the pub. I'm guessing from what you've been saying, is it, it's fairly limited on draft. Is it? It's more available in small pack. Um, not that it's limited. Uh, more that um, we're tiny and we're getting going, and there's only uh, a few of us, and you know, can only be in so many places at once. Um, obviously, if anybody is listening that uh, that wants to put us in their pub or 
can help in that regard, then please do get in touch on that front. But um, peoplescaptain.co.uk is where you can buy the beers. Um, I will also, in fact, um, sort of discount for your listeners. Um, beer o'clock show 20 <laughs> for 20% off. Hopefully. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. Our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thank you very much, and and I'm yeah. sure our listeners will be uh, very grateful for oh, for that as as well. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll make sure there's links in in the show notes to where people can click through to find that offer. Just just to wrap up, then, Greg, um, on, can I can I say a couple of things? Oh, you can indeed. You can, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to. Oh, there we just, go. Just <laughs> want to say, all right, I just say first of all. One one of my favourite yeah. tries ever was a try that you scored against Harlequins away. That was brilliant. I love that. that see a prop running for. We'll say it was eighty meters. I was going to say, yeah. If you do me, if you do me dirty here and say it was twenty, <laughs> no, it's definitely eighty. I mean, I'm a forward, so it's sort of, you've always got to round up to the full eighty. Uh, yeah, and then just a, another thing is just when you initially just um, put something out on Instagram just about your experience that then really rung out to me at the time because I, I was I was on. Um, antidepressants as well myself and it's just it was good to just read about your experience and just read through the comments and just see how how supportive they all were so yeah just thanks for putting yourself out there that's well that's very kind of you to say and i'm um i'm very grateful that you've um said that but my motivation as i said earlier on was to exactly what you've just described and i'll be honest that um, Welford Road faithful were unbelievable. I still speak to some Welford Road fans now that are just like, mate, just checking in. How is everything? Anything I can do? Like just the most amazing people um, that you've you've ever come across, and they were just so so kind. Um, and I think the support that I had from my teammates was amazing, but from people that. I didn't. I didn't even know was um, was even better. So, you know, for for people to take that forward and um, you know feel a sense of connection with it is um, is a bit humbling, to be honest. Uh, with you, uh, to find I do find it quite difficult at times talking about this stuff. Not because you know, look, I talk about my experience a lot because people are interested and they want to know, and hopefully it's helpful. Um, but I never really forget about where it all started with my mate at a pub and the, where I was. So we never forget sort of where we came from. And yeah. I think if we keep that at the heart of what we're doing, then we'll we'll be pretty, uh, we'll be okay, I think. Greg, I just want to uh, take the opportunity on, on behalf of all three of us and on behalf of our listeners to thank you for your time and thank you for being so open and honest and candid with um, telling your story. It, it's been... Uh, you, you talk about your humbling experience. It's been quite a humbling experience sitting here and, and, and listening to you, you You being so open. And I hope it resonates with a number of, of, of our listeners. And I really do wish you all the best of luck with People's Captain as as, as well. Continue continue fighting the good fight. You're, you're doing a great job and good luck. Thank you very much for having me. And wish you all and your listeners all the best. As always, there's a longer version of that interview available for our Patreon supporters, and you can sign up for just one pound a month. There's a link in the show notes. 
we go on about it every month. It's there. There's some great content that you're missing out on if you're not signing up. And we are thinking about doing a few more little exclusives for our Patreon supporters. So you don't want to miss those as and when they drop. That was a really good chat that we had with Greg. And the the, the thing that really resonated for me was just how open he is and how honest, honest he is about what he's been through and, and how he's managed that and how, as a result of that, he wants to... He wants to make change, and and he wants to do some good as 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 a result of uh, of that. Was was there anything that either of you took away from that in, in in terms of anything that really stood out from from what what Greg was saying? Um, yeah, I liked the fact that he's clear about what um people's captain brand is trying to do in terms of just really just bringing it down to to a social level and just just drawing to light how important it is just to check in on your friends and just to share a couple of points or even a, if you're not a drinker, a cup of coffee or whatever, and just have time to just listen to each other. You haven't got to solve everything right away. Um, Yeah. Just, just watch out for your friends really. And, uh, and Mark, you, I mean, you also spoke quite candidly during that, that, chat that we had with, with with greg there um was was some of the conversation that, that that we were having there was was that resonating with you i think the, the the big thing for me and i'm always happy to be honest certainly with our listeners is that when, when the idea of this interview first came up i think I, I i wasn't against it but i wasn't as pro for it as you two because i was worried that um I don't, again, I don't really know what I was concerned about, but I, I just thought that there was, is this the kind of thing that I, I'd be interested in if I was a listener? And then when, when we, it, about two minutes into the chat with Greg, I thought, what an honest, superb human being that's doing a really mm -hmm. nice thing. And for me to have sat here because I'm, you know, what a, a professional beer drinker thinking something like how dare you come into my space and use it for your own nice charitable <laughs> um uses it's just it's, it's it made me feel a bit ridiculous very early on that i was ever against it and i think the reason i asked one of the questions about what's it like coming into the beer space is because i do think there'll be a couple of listeners that maybe have that opinion as well that it's um, a, d a different voice in a, in a beer space, so you'll be a bit suspicious about it. And once you listen to him speak and see w what a genuine guy he was, he's just trying to make a really positive difference. It, it, may, it made me feel a bit small, but in a good way, because it's made mm. me change my opinion about some things. So I was really, really pleased that we went ahead with it, it really was. I, I, I get what you're saying there because yes, from the the, the beer drinker's point of view, the, the the beer side of what he he's doing is is a beer brand, is isn't it? Rather than it's a it's a brewery with a range of beers that are trying to promote the, promote the beers, and yeah. obviously there is that there's that there's a brewery brewing the beers for him, and obviously there's there's some news to come which he was very hesitant to share, and yeah. uh, you know I imagine there's reasons for that, but. Yeah. Um, I, I get what you were saying in, in, in terms of how is this going to land? 
I, I think when when we were first approached to to, to feature Greg, I, I was very keen because I, I I really wanted to understand that link between professional sport and how you ha- handle mental health mm. and how has that ended up in the beer space yeah. which which I think he 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 spoke about fantastically and 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 yeah what 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 a wonderful sort of like time we we, we had just sitting just chatting to him I mean I I could have gone on I could have gone on a, a long time with, with, with that one to, to tonight. Um, I did. We, did we really had to cut it short. It. Yeah, I, I think we were going to be here for hours. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to say as well for me is especially special for me that I, for a number of years, was watching Greg play rugby week in week out as a as a Leicester Tigers fan. So it's like it was cool for me to talk to him, but it. All that went out of the window when we started the talk. Really, it's just a, what a good guy. Absolutely, and 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 I think for for us it was it was kind of an a, an obvious one to do this month as well because it also it's going to tie very nicely into reverberations this month. Reverberation, reverberation. What we're going to talk about is we're going to we're going to talk about mental health because May is generally a month where we see a lot of mental health awareness, uh, a a lot of raising of awareness during the month of May. The 15th to the 21st of May is Mental Health Awareness Week. So there's a lot. The whole month is Mental Health Awareness Month as well. Yeah. Yeah, so there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of focus on mental health this month, and and so, so we thought it's the best time to have Greg on to talk to us. But we also thought it would be a good time to lay ourselves a little bit bare as well, and and, and talk about the, the the struggles that that each of us have had with 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 mental health and how we've overcome that, and how we deal with that on 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 on, on a day to day basis, and this. This this is going to be. I don't know whether this is going to be a comfortable discussion for us to have, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to try and be as open as possible in in terms of the conversation that we have. I think what we want to do as a podcast is to create a, a safe space, so we're happy to lay ourselves bare, and and we hope that you can um, empathise or, or I don't know, just. Um, appreciate the the struggles that that different people can have and then how we go about trying to look after ourselves a bit better and look after look after our mates most importantly and and i think that's the thing isn't it that really resonated from from what what greg said it it, it's 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 just just make sure you're 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 there for 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 your mates yeah you know try and be there for them and and i think we we will say let's let's put this up front now DMs are open, so if if any of our listeners ever feel as though they need someone to talk to and they that they they don't know where to start, we're here. You, you you know we can be that that first point for you. But um, I, I don't, really don't know how to start this discussion mm. because again, another one of the things that 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 that, that we said in, in in that interview with with Greg, it's not a competition, is it? It's not it's not one upmanship here. Um, we, we've all had issues for different reasons, and and, and we've all face those and and overcome them or or, or dealing with them for, for different issues well, I, th- so. I think one of, the, one of the reasons we chose it as well this month is because you know obviously we we, commu- we communicate between the three of us a lot as to you know when we're arranging dates for recording podcasts podcast ideas back and forth and things like that and at some point 
during the last month in the lead up to this show, every one of us has been like, I'm having a bad week, therefore we can't do this. And not and not a bad week in terms of just being busy or, um, you know, it's just bad timing. And we've got a lot of things on and stuff. Just I'm having a bad week. We can't do this, including, and again, I'm always, I'm always happy to be honest with our listeners. The interview itself was rearranged um a couple of times due, due to um the, those things and so i think it's the perfect time for us to be talking about it because we've all been going through it in the in the last month and so the perfect place to start possibly <laughs> he says as if there is thing is uh how, how we both how, how are we all doing what, what a great place to start that is um, a very good place to start yeah uh, I'm 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 going to jump in and straight away I'm going to say that I I love the way you phrased that introduction mark because I think it, it's it's it, it's very easy to tell I'm having a bad time I'm up this you know things aren't great right now but I, I think when 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 you you're someone that deals with mental health issues when you use the phrase I'm having a bad week with with people that understand what that means that's generally all you have to say. Is isn't it for for those people? And I, you know, I I will hold my hand up. I I I particularly last week said to both of you, I'm having a really bad time of things right now. I can't deal with this. And 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 you were both great in just saying, okay, let's let's move things around. Let's let let's deal with that. And yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, this is a good week this week. Uh, for 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 me, it it, it really is. Yeah, I have to say as well, I'm feeling really good today. I've got some some time off work, so just to decompress a bit. And then today I've been out and had a nice day with a friend who I, I don't see that often. So, and just real good vibes, good chat. So I'm I'm feeling good. How about you, Mark? Yeah, and I, th- I think, um, like, again, in terms of doing this podcast, for example, that occasionally i've just had to lay out to you guys and stuff when um you know very early on steve's full of ideas bouncing off ideas obviously he's excited and it's like but i've not heard from mark for like five days is is he even interested anymore so so i had to put out there quite early on it's just like sometimes i just can't reply i just can't reply to messages just can't i shut my phone down you know my mum doesn't even get a text reply from me people just don't if if i'm not in the right space and as the the way that you both were just like yeah that's fine we'll we'll work around that that's fine we'll just wait until you're ready to reply was just made me just 100 percent sure that i wanted to go ahead with it in the first place so so we've from day one we've it this has been a lovely environment for me to be in um, because you two have been so understanding of my needs. Because I I have, what, what, glitches, I suppose, and have times where I just need to shut myself away. And that's not convenient when you're trying to organise a, a, a monthly get-together and things like that. And then there are other times when... I really miss you guys and just think once a month's not enough. Can we not, can we not do this podcast <laughs> once every week? Um, and it goes up and down. The reason we can't do it more frequently is because those glitches will 
be more than once a month and therefore it, the the you know it's it's hard enough trying to organize the three of us you just sit down for a couple of hours once a yeah, month yeah. Otherwise, otherwise i think we all actually would um and yeah be, being able to be open with people has been um a massive thing throughout i i've been writing about this as pretty much as long as my blog's been going i've been writing about things first off just a bit tentatively just be like yeah sometimes i feel a bit sad but it's fine and then full into when i was um gonna take my own life and which i've written about in quite long detail for long time readers of my blog will know about it um and because so, blogging was an, an, another massive part for me that um, having an area to write. The, I, I was obviously, I started a, a beer blog to write about just trying nice beers and going to nice pubs. But when they, I was suddenly just like, I, I need to have a, an environment, I just need to get some stuff out and I'm going to put it on this blog that's actually about beer and just see how it goes. And writing all that out, and putting it into the ether probably saved my life. So my ability to talk and um, share with people is what um, kept me alive, kept me going. And I w continuing that into this podcast form, and therefore if we can encourage other people to, co to communicate with us, to talk with us, and... Um, any way that that helps, then yes, this, this has gone off on something else, but yeah. I, I hope you know what I mean. Yeah, I, th I think what you said there about, it, first of all, it, it feels really good for you to just decide that it feels like a safe space, just putting this podcast together with the three of us, that, that's that's really lovely. And like me as well, from, from my own point of view, I always feel so much better when I feel like I can talk to people. So certainly over the last few years, I've tried a lot harder to just try and just lay myself a bit bare and just people haven't got to under, understand, but it, just knowing that someone will listen, it just uh, feels so, so much better. And uh, you, I don't know, I feel like, you can miss out on things by just keeping yourself to self and put yourself in in danger, really, can't you? So, yeah. Mm. See, I, I, I know, I, I know for me that if 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 I'm struggling, that that talking to somebody, verbalizing what what's going on inside my head, will will really help. And and the the, the particular issue that I had um, recently was I, I ended up quite randomly talking to almost a complete stranger uh, uh, about what was going on in in in, in my head but the, the the fact that i was able to 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 get it out and that this person sat and listened and didn't judge um didn't try to give answers just just listened and just gave feedback when they needed to i literally as the words were coming out of my mouth i could feel the weight lifting off of my shoulders um and and that that helps for 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 me you know and i, th I think bring it bring it back to, to to what you were saying mark i yeah we have we have our little whatsapp group where we discuss what we we're going to do with the show and i i i think i've 
worked out fairly quickly when things weren't the best for you um because you you would go quiet and and I'd know and I'd know and I'd appreciate to 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 just take a step back a little bit and say right okay well Mark will respond when he's ready um he'll he'll let me know and I know you was you was away last week, so I I purposely tried not to send any messages <laughs> last week to to let you have your holiday. And even the messages that I did end up sending, you didn't answer to, and I was like, "That's fine, I'm not expecting an answer." And then I think it was Saturday morning, you sent this wonderful message <laughs> that was the longest WhatsApp message I've ever seen, <laughs> but it covered off every single thing that I had mentioned to you in that week. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Right? That that message just made me smile because I was just like. Mark's back. He's 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 there. That's that's one hundred percent Mark. And I I think you know we've we've got to a point where we have a very good understanding of each other in 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 a relatively small period of time. You, you, you know if you if you think that before we started doing this podcast, we were three people that might occasionally get together, maybe once at a push, twice a year. Um, and and now we're kind of thrust into this position where we sit here on a monthly basis and we 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 talk about these things and especially this month we're talking about we're talking about feelings we're talking about ourselves we're laying ourselves open to the the the, the public in terms of some of the challenges that we face on a daily basis and and I I think that's that's testament to the the relationship that the three of us have built over over the last three months as well and we're almost becoming this tiny support circle for one another. As, as as well, absolutely. Like, like, obviously, myself and you, Steve, we've spoken quite a lot over the last two or three years. And Mark's always been someone I've enjoyed what he's been putting out in in terms of his writing and even just his his tweets and just whether I agree with him or not. I always <laughs> appreciate that Mark's there to be himself. But it's just like um, summer sess last year when you you and Martin had uh, announced the that opinions was ending. It's like that, that, that was probably the the most time I'd ever spent with Mark that day <laughs> when, when he randomly turned up and it ended up with me and him in, in tilt at the last venue, both having a cry. And that was just <laughs> so, so nice because we were just two guys who are virtual strangers to each other, just kind of having a really honest conversation and kind of just, I don't know, just uh, praising each other really in, in a way. And it was, it was a it was a very what, emotional time. Well, well, some of the things that really resonated with the conversation with Greg is that, um, and I can't explain enough how many of the most important conversations that I've had have happened in pubs, and sometimes it's it's not me, it's the way you see other people that maybe don't go to pubs that often suddenly. Um, change in that environment um and i, I was going to say do i need to name names it, my brother i don't think he listens to this podcast anyway but um the times he opens up and says the the most important conversations we i have with my brother about some of my mental health problems have always almost caught me by surprise but they've always happened in pubs and it's not because of, you know, reduced inhibitions, alcohol, whatever. It's because it's an environment that he feels comfortable to talk to me and just say, yeah, uh, you know, I, I could spend a year thinking, you know, does, does my brother even know what's going on with me? Does he even 
care in some ways. And as soon as you get him in a pub, he'll be like, he, 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 he realise that he, he is um, responsive to those things. And so the, the pub environment is it's so special and important and it helps people open up in conversations. So the whole interview with Greg, that's all I could think about is that I could, that was just, that's just one example of so many that I could use of important conversations that have kept friends alive and stuff like that. They've always happened in pubs. They always have. It's a really important space and venue for a lot of people. Do, do you think that's because they're a almost? I'm, I'm I'm hesitant to use the word safe space, but it's it's a neutral space where you feel comfortable. So if if it's if it's a pub that you're familiar with, if it's your local, if it's somewhere where you're known, you're you're in a comfortable space. You're in somewhere that's almost akin to your living room, and you, you know you 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 visit that place, but because it's not home. You, you feel like you can open up to 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 others it's it, it's it and it's it's very different from from a coffee shop isn't it it's you, you know you can talk about all these different environments where these conversations could happen and and they're all they're all valid places where you can have these conversations but there is something truly unique about the pub where you can you can end up having a conversation with someone where you can completely open up and and and, and reveal your sort of true feelings yeah, and, and and in some ways I don't even want to define it, but it's undefinable. But it is there, you know. There's a again, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to name names, but it's a mutual friend of ours, Steve, who um, lo- lost their dog the same year that I lost mine, and I, I I think if we were just over breakfast in each other's house, we'd just be like, yeah, it's a bit sad, it's a bit sad. But once we're in the pub, we're both in absolute bits about it because mm. something just reduces you to your absolute rawest form in that environment and i don't want to define it i know what you mean i'm not i'm not I, asking i'm not asking right. for a definition well, that's it. no no I no I yeah, yeah. You, you're absolutely you are right it, what you you kind of want to say what is it and the same time i don't want to know what that is because it is what makes the what makes the bub so special in the first place I, th- I think um, what you two guys were saying in terms of the pub, it, it is a place where you can feel comfortable to just let yourself out a little bit. Just to, But for me as well, I think the alcohol does come into it slightly where sometimes you, you do need to just release your inhibitions just because, I don't know, we're all a bit repressed, aren't we, really? So sometimes you just a couple of points can really just aid you to just loosen up a bit and then just realize, you know what, I've really wanted to say this and I've been holding back. I've been stopping myself from saying it. And then all of a sudden someone's opened the lock and you can just express yourself a bit better. So that, 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 that leads me to ask you guys really, as like, um, if you are feeling especially low, if you're really having a mental health dip, how would would you approach your approach um beer at that point are you guys who will kind of drink to try and make yourself feel better or is it something that you would avoid i would say um 
<laughs> Is anyone in a rush to go first here? <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say, I can speak first if you want. I don't mind. But look, just well, like, yeah. The, I, th- I think we've all got a view on, yeah, on, was, on, was, on this, and I, I think it's say. all going to be unique yeah. to... Uh, yeah. uh, it's going to be personal it, to ourselves, isn't it? I, oh, if, you've, if you've asked the question, Rob, I suppose yeah. one, of, one of us should answer, so... Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I was... Right. <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, yeah. Um, at my two lowest points, I was drinking too much um and the and again it's something that i've been perfectly open with on my blog before if you have this as a hobby it is very easy like to disguise it as as in well it's not really disguising it because i don't think i was actually i wasn't trying to hide it but that's something i thought about afterwards is that it's easy to almost kid yourself because all you all you, all you do is like switch up the ABVs of your beers, just like I, 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 I want I, I want to have three cans tonight, but I'll make sure they're all eight percent, and nobody's going to notice that I didn't have three cans of four percent beer or something. But it's 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 always there, and I'll always write about the fact that it's a looming threat, and there's no point us running a beer podcast without talking about the looming threat of alcoholism and the stuff. So certainly at my lowest two points, I was definitely drinking too much, but that doesn't, that's always then difficult for me to come out of because then if I just have a bad day at work, I just want to go to the pub and have three pints of, you know, 4% cask beer or whatever. And as soon as you start saying to people, yeah, when I, when I felt really bad, I was drinking like 8% dippers for fun. Um, and people used to be like, oh, he's just enjoying craft beer because that's what it's about. Um, and, you know, it's not about people suddenly checking in on you because now they're worried that you're having three pints on a Tuesday night. Um, but it's, I think it's something you've got to be consciously aware of if you're on the edge of it a lot of the time and maybe I just think about it more because I've um, seen the damage through my own family that it causes to a family home but um, yeah no it's uh, yeah it's, it's difficult I've certainly been really really low and drank far too much but what I do find is it if if I'm really really bad I'll stop drinking beer and have something else and that's when it's just like you know n- n- now you're in a different zone mark and so it's good to pull yourself out of that obviously but it does happen it does it does happen when you're really low i'm sorry if that was a bit darker than you were expecting no no i i think i think we've got to be honest in this and and, and i think i think for me it's it's like and I, and i think this is going to be different for all of us so i when 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 i'm not having a good time i generally and consciously try to avoid drink, drinking beer because i i know it's not going to it's not going to make me feel any better in the long run it's going to it's going to give me a short term hit that that's going to make me feel okay but in the long term i'm going to end up regretting it for me it's almost the the, the opposite and 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 that is that that, that some sometimes when when i get get on 
uh, a session. Let's 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 call it what it is. Um, it actually releases the the demons that reside within my head, and it, it actually sometimes creates an, an an issue that either has been bubbling under or wasn't there before. And I, I have to be very conscious of of then controlling that because once once that door's open, it's it's a very slippery slope to a very dark place very quickly. And that's that's sometimes where I, I I end up finding myself on those random Sunday nights when I then wake up on the sofa at three o'clock in the morning and I've drunk more than I I know I should have done, you know, and I've got to get up in four hours time to go to work sort of thing. Um, that that's not great for so, so, so for me, it's more I, I don't I don't necessarily. Turn to alcohol, but I'm I'm aware that sometimes it can be a trigger for me. And so it's it, it's balancing how I manage that that relationship with it. Yeah, for me, it's it's mixed. Really. I think sometimes it's the difference between when you've had a bad day and when you're feeling bad and you can't really understand why and you really are just having that mental health dip. So if you've had a bad day, sometimes the best thing you can do is to go and have a couple of pints and to just forget about your day or whatever talk to a friend but then there's other times when you just feel bad you might not even be able to put your finger on it and on those occasions i especially through like the last few years when i did engage in some talking therapies as well i don't know i think i felt like i became a bit more self-aware and i realized especially as i'm someone who doesn't normally drink a lot at home i'm very much a, a social drinker anyway so I'd realise that if I'm feeling low, uh, alcohol is, isn't going to help me. So I actively do stay away from it. And then there have been periods going back probably what, three, four years ago, maybe, where I was having a rough time, probably probably just before the point where I came to the realisation, I was like, oh, I need to just uh, see what help's available Again, I was I wasn't drinking loads at home or anything. I wasn't drinking to a worrying amount. But if I was going out, I and I drink naturally drink fast anyway. I was getting through a lot, and I'd be out sort of like for twelve hours or something. I'd be out from sort of midday, and I'd keep going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden, I'd I'd be it get to a point where I was very emotional. I don't know, and, and it all comes out, but not in a good, healthy way at all. So it, I think it's great to express our feelings, but it's the best. It's not the good way to go about it to be twelve or thirteen points in or strong beers or whatever. And you, there's no control there. You need to try and you need to try and take control. That's what I've kind of learned about myself. So yeah, me, me if I do feel especially low, then um, I definitely stay away from the beers. I've realised that's that's not for me. Uh, yeah, so you think the main point to come out of this is that that's the negative side of it, but um, the pub especially is my happy place now. It is where, and the pub, that is a number of pubs across the country, isn't it? The, the pub is that's a reference to the public house as an establishment across the entire country. But the pub is 
a space for me that is so important for also keeping my mental well-being healthy and i when i talk about how i just like pubs i do but the joy and pleasure that i derive from them is also um linked to my just general happiness and well-being in general and whether it's just a couple of pints after work or just discovering something like you know the pub in Harwich like Steve did things things like that it's still my happy place um and yeah that that can ne well hopefully it'll never be taken away from me despite the fact they're reducing in incredible numbers um and you know link linked to the interview with Greg is that I'd, I'd, as an institution for so many in the community, I, I just think it, I was going to say, I don't think it can be underestimated, but I think it severely is by too many people. At you the know moment. what? It's a, it's a, I think at a time right now, there's less community pubs than ever. And it's what we need more, more than anything. Mm. We need that community and it's just, it's been dying out. And I, I hope, you know what, people are going to start to think about it a bit more and re realize just the importance I'll tell you what, I'd like to just finish as well and just say about like how much good beer has done for me in just the last few years. It's like 2016, I went through a, a bad breakup with um, with with a, a woman I'd been with since I was 14, so I didn't know anything else. And then so I was really quite lost. And it was like I was 26, and my mates were like starting to just, I don't know, start to settle down a bit whatever, and then there was just me. I was like... How the hell do you like make friends and develop as a as an adult, and then just through my interest in beer, all of a sudden, I started just meeting different people, speaking to people around the country on Twitter. Then eventually, like meeting up at events like the um at the the Crimbo Crawls or whatever, I I started doing um like brewery tours around Birmingham and further afield, and that that was through beer. And like you know what having a couple of beers just gave me the confidence to just put myself out there and, and better myself a bit. And, and then you've had the COVID lockdowns and everything. I was living on my own. Whereas, and again, my friends, the same age as me were like, they settled down with the, the partners and starting to have kids and whatever. And then there's me, but I was okay because I had all these people who I'd met through just drinking a bloody alcoholic drink I was talking to every day to the point where I was like, I was on this Twitter group that I just jokingly called my men's support group. But that's what it was. It's just a bunch of guys who some of us didn't know each other at all before that. We had this shared interest and all of a sudden we had each other. So just laying on, we we're always there just to talk to each other. So yeah, thanks, Bear. You've really done me a lot of favors <laughs> there. I don't think. And that's the thing, you know, for all the, the, the negatives that we spoke about, that there are positives in terms of this liquid that we consume as, as, as well, in terms of how it connects us to people and how, you know, that has helped us through things. Much like yourself, Rob, you know, lockdown wasn't wasn't easy for me. I was I was separated from M and, you know, I spent a lot of the time on my own. 
And if it wasn't for the likes of, well, I've, I've gone on record before to say, you know, that, that the fact that at the time when we switched the podcast to weekly, that almost, that kind of saved me because it, it gave me something to do on, on a weekly basis. And you know but, what, it, but, gave, it gave me something to look forward to as well. And, and yeah, and the feedback that we had from a lot of people was that it helped them, you, you know, just to disconnect from what was going on. Um, but also, you know, yeah, the, the the Twitter groups, the WhatsApp groups, the Zoom calls that went on until far too early in the morning, all, <laughs> all those sorts of things helped get me and others through that. And if it wasn't for, for beer, would would we be here? I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure we would. Um, so let's not let's not finish on a negative let's let, let's let's try and fin- finish on, on 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 a positive here um hey we are we all are here that's what's important that's that we're all, that is, we're all here something's yeah. kept us all going uh, abs- and, and it's this podcast <laughs> and it's, it's this and it's this sense of beer longing that we have that brings us back to it um i, I just I, I will say that just just to finish off this this conversation that, that obviously if you're um if you're not feeling great if you're feeling low if, if your own mental health is taking a hit right now that there are a lot of support services that are available for you um we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to, to various places where you can go for help or as 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 we we said in the interview with greg talk to a friend um or talk to us our, our dms are open you know and, and, and we're here we're, we're here if you need us um it's it's as simple as that and it's it's very hard to now segue into and if you've got any feedback on this month's reverberations <laughs> use the hashtag belonging um so i won't do that Although I just well, did. you just did it that yeah. day, <laughs> although I just did. Yeah. Um, Typical Steve, always on brand. <laughs> always on, always on brand. But um, yeah, talk, talk to us. You know, even if I, I, I tell you what, even if the the speak pipe is there, if you need that to reach out to us this month, we it's there for us. You know, we'll listen to what you've got to say, and 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 we'll respond to you. And so don't you even what... don't even feel like we'll put that. We oh, won't even no, use that no. as, as future content, but it's there for us. Just just know that as as a podcast, as 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 three blokes that enjoy beer, that enjoy talking about it, and enjoy sharing our experiences, we're we're here to help um, anybody through any issues that they may be going through right now. Yeah, I mean, we're we might be introverted, but at the, the heart of it, we we like people, don't we? We like spending time together, so. Yeah. yeah sometimes it's easier to just speak your feelings out rather than trying to write it down or whatever so yeah if you want to use that the speak yep. pipe that way then you do that and we'll be here to listen Ab- absolutely again really difficult segue to go into re-reverberations but there are a couple of comments um this month that we do just want to cover off so um first up from uh, Simon Clark at Simon Carbon, who's becoming a bit of a re- regular contributor to re-reverberations. Um, really enjoyed listening to last month's show uh, regarding noise levels in modern tap rooms and bars. Maybe it's time for them to start building quiet areas, a modern day snug. I'd certainly welcome that at times. What are your thoughts on this one? No, I'm a huge fan of the snug and the old layout of pubs anyway. And the fact that the old layouts of a lot of pubs actually address these problems unintentionally and had places where people could have private conversations, quieter areas, you know, areas that in years to come would become like no smoking areas, no music areas, anything like that. 
unintentionally, the pub has been addressing these problems for a long time. And then suddenly you've got pubs where they've either knocked down all the walls and just made it into one big room, or you've got tap rooms where everything's just one big room anyway. Make things like Snugs a more attractable prospect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I mean, even even booths, like booth seating, that kind of feels like your own just separate little area that can really help but yeah definitely a snug takes it to the next next level because sometimes you just do need to be just separated from the noise whether actual noise or metaphorical noise because mm-hmm. i think i find that some of the things and i know simon's thing is specifically about noise and so i apologize for going off on a slightly different direction but by the long table almost to use a stereotype, Oktoberfest style table of just shoving everyone on a really long table in absolutely the middle. Absolutely hate being... that. But absolutely, on the the anxiety that it fills me with. Mm. Like I, I would probably go to Bundabust more. I love Bundabust, but I'm always there's always this constant threat that I'm just going to be shoved next to somebody on a long table, and I hate it. But give, if... me, give me my own space, please. It, even if you're there. If, even if you've gone with a group, to me, that's just hell because it's just overwhelming. It's like, who the hell are you supposed to be listening to? People on what yeah. side or whatever? Where did you get involved in? So it's sometimes oh, oh, you, you can't all engage with each other at the same time, can you? So you need a, mm. you need these smaller spaces, whether it's split into smaller tables, a snug booths, whatever. Or again, going back to the theme of the show, what well, well, how can you have the conversations that Greg's talking about? Yeah, on the on sure. those those kind of tables because I've had it as well where I've gone to pubs to have a private conversation with somebody, somebody a regular that you know is there and is right in your face because you're in a, an open space. It's like ah, it's really difficult for me to tell you to piss off, but you're being very Michael Scott right now. Get out of my face. So, um, go on, Steve. What are your th- thoughts about snugs no i'm much in agreement with you two i think I, I i like a quiet space i like somewhere where i can go to get away from the noise but no i i i, I do love I, I i i love a quiet space and I, I i think more places should should think more about how they provide that for the range of people that like to visit their pubs so second comment this month this is from dr goggles and it's a, a two-part comment Firstly, regarding the comment about not being able to complain about Twitter if you don't pay for it, you do pay for it every time you see an ad. On a side note, do people still use hashtags? Hashtag belonging, never quite got the hang of them myself. Well, Dr. Goggles, um, you can live safely in the knowledge that had you not used the hashtag, (laughs) we would have not featured that comment on this show. (laughs) So um, people do still use hashtags to find things. So I don't I don't I don't think they're as popular as they once were were, but it's certainly for, for what we do, it helps us to find what we're looking for. I certainly Absolutely. find myself personally just searching for for the hashtag because especially the way bloody Twitter's been recently, where you, all of a sudden something within a thread that you've seen everything else from isn't there. So yeah, hashtags are brilliant because you can just see everything that's connected to that. I was, I was going to say, I appreciate the comment about um, paying for advertising, but it's not physically leaving my wallet, and therefore I'm not paying for it. So 
Yeah, there are Twitter adverts, but I'm not paying for them. So that's what we mean by paying for things. Hashtag belonging. Yes. And um, so continue <laughs> to use that hashtag <laughs> as, as well, because it is it is truly how we find your comments. If 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 you don't tag us in di- directly, because not all of the replies still come up these days. It's still a bit of a challenge to find what we're looking for on that particular platform. No, and I just want to say, just as a quick one, that and the same applies to my blog and stuff, the amount of comments that I miss, unless I go physically searching for them because they don't appear in notifications anymore, isn't us being rude or just deciding that your comment's not worth replying to literally doesn't come up in notifications, even if we're tagged in the tweet. It's ridiculous. (laughs) We're trying our best to keep on top of things. Elon is to blame. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Mark, that's why sometimes mm. some of us don't reply to comments that we're tagged into where you were looking for lots of comments about a place. That don't talk shite. <laughs> <laughs> just just to bring that full circle. But but oh, yeah. but but there but there you go. <laughs> um while we're taking some feedback from our listeners, I just want to take this opportunity to apologize for Whatever it was that happened with last month's show that only ended up with 31 minutes of content being uploaded. Um, I generally don't know what happened there. And I know it took us a few days to get it rectified. So I'm really sorry if you were affected by that. And hopefully this month you will get to hear the entire show the first time as as, as well. So thanks for sticking with us while we sorted through that last month. Really appreciate it. Now, let's move on to our last beers. And these are the beers that we normally find in in the back of our cupboard. I'm drinking Burning Skies Barley Wine. This was released at the beginning of last year. So it's almost 18 months old. Uh, It's full on kind of bitter, malty biscuitness. Uh, I just think it maybe has gone a little bit too far in terms of age in it. Maybe I should have drunk it a little bit younger than this. I remember drinking it when it was fresh and it was absolutely cracking. It's like American style barley wine, proper sort of like bitter resinous up front, but it seems to have lost a little bit of that. So maybe I'll let this one go a bit far, but it's, it's not, not tasty. Um, it's a burning sky beer. When have they ever done anything that's not good? You say it was last year. Oh. Yeah, it was the beginning of last year. Mm. I mean, I agree with you. American Barley Wines are, I mean, but it's like Bigfoot is what basically is what, what everyone's aiming for. And Bigfoot's, uh, I, I mean, there were iterations, when you used to get Bigfoot every year in this country, there were iterations of it that were too fresh and would taste better after like six months and then would continuously progress. And then, obviously, the hope was if you were open a 2014 Bigfoot now, it would still taste superb. So, yeah, I don't know. An American barley wine losing itself after 12 months is uh, not that. I, I, confession, I don't like Bigfoot. I've had it a few times and aged at various points, and I just don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Um, I think this one was released shortly after uh, Elusive's sunset city was was that the barley wine that yeah. they released at the beginning of, of, of last year and they were very similar yeah. uh, at the time and i had a i had a elusive uh a few months back the last can of that that i had and and that was still that still felt like it had some way to go i feel like this has already reached its peak and it's gone coming down the other side 
that's that that's the thing with it um it's it's strange because i mean the the, the best before date is is this july so they've they've only actually put 18 months on the on 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 the can um I don't know. Maybe I've just maybe I just chose wrong here, but I'm guessing it's not as wrong as the beers you've been not enjoying tonight, Mark. Well, no, but uh, let me just say that there are very few times that I'll actually just be shocked by any of your beer <laughs> opinions. But not liking Bigfoot, I genuinely think is one of the most shocking no, beer just, opinions I've ever heard. I just don't like it. I mean, I don't, oh. I don't, I don't think I've listened to it from anybody, but from you, Steve. Oh, um, that, are we done? Yeah, I, 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 okay, this is the last bill on Take out your gross man interviews and whatever. You're <laughs> done, mate. You're, you are done. <laughs> Not liking Bigfoot. Um, anyway, uh, let's take the spot off, mate. What, Mark, what shit have you got in your glass for your last <laughs> beer tonight? <laughs> well, bear in mind, I made this uh, decision thinking that I would have just finished a really lovely 12% beer. Um, I found a bottle of, and I'm happy to be the one to murder the language. Um, I'm going to go for Frauk, um, the famous Williams Brothers Heather Ale. Um, oh, it gets better. Um, the expiry date was July 2016. So it, so it expired oh nearly God. seven years ago. Now, I don't know what possessed me to thinking this beer might be one worth aging. <laughs> I mean, the bottle cap was rusty. Half the labels um, melted away. So, for those not familiar with Frauk, which, uh, I mean, I, I find it interesting. That this used to happen a lot when breweries had brands, as it were, that you actually need to read the small print, like a, a, a beer that you find in Home Bargains, to actually, the bit that it mentions, it's Williams Brothers. Well, this is the Heather Ale that's based on a 4,000-year-old beer recipe. Um, has it aged well? <laughs> oh, Mark. Oh, Mark, please tell us your thoughts on this beer. Please. <laughs> I'm just, just uh, try and uh, go back for another sip. <laughs> Have you already tried it, then? Yes, I've already tried it. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, stri- strike three, guys. Oh, I am out no, no. he's out. <laughs> it, uh, it actually, um, it, it tastes a bit like um, gone off kaiju. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got that's what well, obviously what's from the heather that sweet germaline vanilla type taste thing going on. But mixed with like moldy cellar, so it's just flat and horrible. In fact, no, it's surprisingly not flat. It's, it's got that f- very much fizz that you expect from a can of Seven Up going on. Actual bouncing carbonation in it, but uh, the beer itself is dead. But on the top of it, just bouncing across, it's almost like a soft drink. It is um, appalling. So. <laughs> Is is that is that one from your previous? Because you, you before you moved to where you are now, you had a mouldy cellar, didn't you? Yes, I is, believe. Is, is that one from the mouldy cellar? I think it's one from the mouldy cellar. Okay, but I must have made the decision at some point. To, I, I don't. I, again, there are ones from there that I will have just forgotten about. But I think this is one where I actually thought 
do you know what? This 5% Heather Ale would age really well. And at some point 10 years ago, made a conscious decision <laughs> to age it. And here we are, live in the flesh, yeah. <laughs> seeing it <laughs> pan out. Was was it past you looking forwards and saying, when 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 I'm on that podcast I've always wanted to be on, this is going to be the perfect beer to feature? Do you know what I think? When, you know, people people like Steve and Martin appear on these podcasts drinking coronation beers from 1966 that found a car boot sale and pretending they're good, I'm convinced that they're fucking rubbish because... Never pretend they're good. <laughs> Never pretend they're good. But, um, I imagine so... they taste like this. <laughs> I uh, in the history of beer podcasting in the UK, it's probably the first time that one of the hosts has drunk three beers that are all shit and they've not enjoyed. <laughs> Can't wait to take a fancy picture of them. Yeah, look, 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 look out for that one on Instagram, folks. Yeah, just get your Instagram picture of smash bottles. Yeah, <laughs> absolute destruction. And me looking really furious. Yeah. Uh, Rob, uh-huh. let's hope you've got something better in your glass for your last beer tonight. I am pleased to say that what is in my glass is very good indeed. I am drinking a uh, Durang XX Bitter. It's actually my mm. first time ever trying this beer. No. When's... Oh. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I've managed that. But, yeah, this is from uh, September 21. And I'll tell you what, it's still absolutely banging. Oh, it's an incredible look, beer whenever you drink oh, it. Oh, yeah. It really like... is. That it is just perfectly balanced. It's very, uh, as, for a Belgian beer as well. It's very clean. Um, it's, it reminds me a little bit actually of Brooklyn Lager. I suppose that's for the the, the hop choice. What um, it's a Halatau, Mittelfro, and um, Brewers Gold. And this is just oh, it's really really good. So, so it's interesting that so what twenty twenty one so yeah it's it's not the the freshest but it I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought that at all the hot is that, character is, that, is really strong. Is that the bottled or the expiry? Sorry, uh, the bottled. No, it'd be uh, bottled because uh, it's Belgian yeah. beers. That's what that's what they put on it, isn't it? Um, yeah, the bo- bottled September twenty one expires um, September this year. Rob, you and I right now have the faces of two people that have had three really incredible beers for for this month's show, (laughs) whereas our co-host is just crying into his beer glass at the moment. Do you know what? At least I brought the laughter to this uh, somber episode. (laughs) You absolutely absolutely have. My my beers have captured the mood, to be fair. We're not finished yet. Let's let's just get on to any other business. It's the end of this. We've got a couple of things to cover off this month. Mark, um, maybe bring that somber mood into any other business on on, on the, 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 the. item that you'd like to raise this month probably the biggest topic on twitter this last month unfortunately was the discussion of a pub in essex um that has come to light again having previously been talked about in 2018 um that has racist symbolism on clearly on display in the pub um, and is very defiant about that and how it is not racist symbolism. Um, and as it transpires, that um, camera has continuously included this pub in the Good Beer Guides and also given it numerous awards, including 
hub of the year for that particular branch area. Um, we were we did discuss whether to have this as re- reverberations because obviously it was a big topic, but we didn't think there was much more to discuss apart from you know fuck racism and fuck racist, which I didn't want to feel like was a cop out. I feel like we needed to talk about it, but I think the thing that I take away from this because obviously we don't want to give that pub any more publicity or even talk about it by even giving it by name for its abhorrent actions and the things that the landlord has been proven to have been said online. But I don't, as much as I don't want to attack camera and I am still a camera member and we went through this when we had the discussion about the good beer guide, there are people within that group that have been to that pub frequently seeing these things on the wall and just gone yeah but we're just here to judge the beer and that's the good version of it because the other version of it is they've just gone oh we don't mind that it's a bit of a laugh mm. and the the whole point of allyship of being a good ally is that you obviously you cut that you chop that shit down you cut that shit down when when it's a bit, when you see it in front of you and so if you're you don't have to be confrontational about it you, you don't even need to march up to the landlord landlady whoever and just say this is an absolute disgrace as as much as hopefully you would but what you absolutely can do is just go we as a group are having absolutely nothing to do with you you will have no backing and support from us. And what camera have somehow done <laughs> is the complete opposite. And there are still members that are defending it and just going, well, camera is about beer, so it doesn't matter about anything else. No, this is about allyship of serious issues. And if you can just... The, the most ridiculous thing is that you know, if if I was if I was going to that area of Essex, which I don't know at all whatsoever, as we discussed on the episode about the Good Beer Guide, I still will look in the Good Beer Guide and just go, "Oh, there's there's a pub down the road that's in. I'll go and see if they've got some good cast beers on." I would be directed to that pub. So what Camera have done is given that place a platform and actually driven business into the pub, and that is the most disgraceful thing about this story because there are hundreds and thousands of of camera members. There are tens of thousands of pubs. So there are going to be some members of camera that are racist dickheads. And there are going to be some pubs that are run by racist dickheads just by the, the sheer numbers. So we can't get away from that. But the fact that camera has made these, decisions that have driven business into this disgraceful place is unacceptable and this is the definition of allyship is that you stand against this oh it's it's so infuriating i'll tell you what it's just an absolutely astonishing display of ignorance it's like first of all you've well the the landlords have got there's ignorance and then there's just clear just disgusting views and complete lack of understanding of what these um what do they call them old old fashioned 
old-fashioned toys or dolls. dolls like, no, no, that's not what they are. They, they, what we're talking about is the racist symbols that that can be. That, that, well, you, you've seen them. They used to be on jam, and they uh, like black minstrel shows that we don't think they're okay. So why is it okay to be displaying these these dolls? on the wall and, and then apologies for it saying it's a bit of fun or people saying it's just about the beer no as you say mark that, you're not you're not you're not an ally if you're just letting that that go and these places don't deserve business Cam, camera burying the heads in the bloody sand you, you can't because they've made the conscious decision as well but the, to award this place pub of the year and then to take the photographs of them shaking their hands and giving them a plaque <laughs> in any other part of the pub where these dolls aren't displayed, so they're not in the background. So they know exactly what's going on mm-hmm. when they're doing this. And then to just go, well, we're just here for the beer. It's, it's unbelievable. It's It really, really is. Beer really isn't that... It's not that important, is it, when when that comes into it? Well, it's it's, it's almost like... it's Essentially, Cameron endorsed it didn't they? And then yeah. I think it took them, what, 24, 48 hours to eventually say, no, we're removing all references from current good beer guides and they won't be featured in future oh, it's good too beer late, guides. Isn't it? it's, 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 yeah, print it, copies it, that it, have been there it, for it's ages. It's too late. And as, as as Mark said when when he first introduced this, it's, it's not like we want this to turn this into a camera bashing because that's not what it's about. It's it. This was about a bad decision and the consequences of that decision. But while we are bashing camera, the other item that I'd like to talk about in this month's any other business mm-hmm. is the, 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 the recent motion <laughs> the that camera dicks. At, at the camera AGM <laughs> where they were debating whether the term craft beer should continue to be used in their publications. Now, um, this is absolutely baffling. Apparently this came from one branch that went to the National Camera AGM and thankfully got completely overruled in in, in terms of it. But my God, how disconnected can they be from modern beer drinkers at some times? It sounds wrong to use this point to defend camera. I'm not, but it just shows that at an individual branch level, which is where these things are happening, of course, mm-hmm. and um, the reason these things get shot down is because there's still great people like Roger Protz at the top end just going, actually sorting this stuff out. Um, but that's the problem. The individual things that happen... To, we, are, we I have a terrible local branch. I've refused to get involved. And I know, I know other... Prominent camera members will use these sort of incidents to say, well, if you want to bring about change, get more involved in your branch. And it's like all of these incidents just make me want to run for the, I mean, to I've not got, be involved, to be yeah, the absolute absolutely. opposite of involvement. If you want to make change, then get more involved. That's absolute nonsense. And you know it is. What you'll just do is just think, fuck this. And to be honest, I'm only still a member because I'm too lazy to cancel me membership. But <laughs> absolutely, I should because two ridiculous things. Obviously, one, socially much more important and unacceptable than the other. But th- this one's so laughable. The, 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 the discussion about craft beer just needing to be removed from 
the the discussion. The, the fact that that's even up for debate is is just laughable. It is laughable. I think I think what both show is 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 that sometimes how disconnected camera can be from what their modern membership wants, and and I think that's the underlying thing thing there. And it's, it's the same, Mark. But one one of them absolutely more abhorrent than the other um in 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 terms of we we can't even compare the term craft beer to what's happening in that particular pub in essex that brings us to the end of this episode we got there eventually mark's had three really (laughs) shitty beers going to bed sober though have enjoyed our beers hopefully mark will redeem himself next month and have some really tasty beers who's sending to mark next month by the way it's it's you rob it's it's all on you mate it's all on you then oh shit i'm getting from mark next month that means doesn't it i can't wait absolutely i've got a Uh, bottle of bomber that's been in there for 10 years mate excellent (laughs) looking forward to that um so as i say that brings us to the end of the episode you can follow me on Twitter at Beer O'Clock Show for all the latest updates on the show and what I'm up to. Up to Mark, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Mark N. Johnson on Twitter. Not that you'll see any of my tweets. Uh, Mark underscore beer underscore compagation on Instagram or at beercompagation.co.uk. And I am on uh, Rob underscore Edwards 90 on the socials. And links to all those will be in the show notes. Remember, you can use the hashtag BeerLongIn because it does matter. We do search hashtags <laughs> and we yeah. do find them. Or check the show notes for a link to our SpeakPipe voicemails to get involved in the shows. Thanks for joining us for another episode of BeerLongIn. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on things we've been chatting about. Cheers. 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 Let's do it. Let's, Let's crack open it. this beer and share some thoughts. No, that's the wrong show, Rob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. <laughs> the live, the live version of, of Mark yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we never ever got you to do that live. No. Should have done. Really. Never Should've mind. Done. I'm going to have to start invoicing men behaving badly if they continue to use your voice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>